Hello and welcome to Let Us Not Forget. I am your host, Brenda Simons, and thank you for joining us today. Today, I am joined by Jilda Johnson, who is a pediatric nurse practitioner. Jilda, welcome to Let Us Not Forget, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So Jilda, please tell us about your background as a pediatric nurse practitioner. How long have you been a pediatric nurse practitioner and what kind of skills and training is required for your profession? So I've been a pediatric nurse practitioner for 34 years. As a nurse practitioner, we're trained to assess patients' needs, order and interpret diagnostic tests, diagnose diseases, formulate and prescribe medication, and develop a treatment plan for patients. My patients start from birth until 21 years of age. Wow, from babies all the way up to 21 years of age. So now today we are talking with Jilda about expectant parents while the baby is still in the womb. But later Jilda will be coming back to talk with us about some important information that parents need to know for infants and toddlers as well. So Jilda, in your experience, you've learned a lot about some of the do's and don'ts for expectant parents. If you were to narrow it down to just three important things expectant parents, and particularly mothers, should know and do, what would they be? I think the three keys to a healthy baby and healthy family starts with number one being the mother's physical health. And with that, I believe it should start with nutrition. What the mother puts in her body that affects the baby. Okay. Uh, Recent studies from National Institute of Health found that only a third of women weighed the recommended weight. 21% too little and 48% too much. And too much weight is associated with delivery complications, such as mothers having to have C-sections, gestational diabetes, and obesity in children. And sometimes mothers go on to continue to be obese as well. Also, after a baby is born, the child learns the eating habits of their family. If habits are unhealthy, a child can become obese as well and that also puts them at risk for type 2 diabetes. That's interesting because it's to say then that most of our parents, our mothers, are overweight. The large majority then are overweight. Right, that's correct. Wow, so what do you think they should do? I think it's important to educate ourselves on healthier choices, eating a healthy diet, eliminating foods that we know, we all know they're not good for for us. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of the fast foods and fried foods constantly, we just know is not healthy and can create problems going down the road. And it's not only for adults, it's also children mm-hmm. are also at that same risk for coming down with those diseases. 
You know what it makes me think about also? We have the little stores on the corner that sell the steak sandwiches and the hoagies. And then you have the Mickey D's and everything. Yes. Um, and we don't have enough supermarkets in our communities for parents to get healthy fruits and vegetables and things. It is so important, therefore, um, for parents, especially whether you're pregnant or expecting to get pregnant, to learn to start preparing your own meals, it sounds like. Um, maybe talking to your primary physician, um, a nutritionist, a dietitian, to make certain that you're eating healthy so that once you do get pregnant, you've established a healthy lifestyle and what you're eating is going to really help you produce a healthy baby. That's right, that's right, Brandon. And when you have a cesarean section, that's that's a risky procedure right there. Yes. And if you're at a healthier weight, it can cut down on that need for a C-section. Yes, yes. And you right. pass your healthy habits on to the next generation. That's so good to know. Excellent. What about number two? So let's talk about the importance of a stable relationship for the health of the baby and a healthy family. This has to be a good one. Yes. <laughs> when babies and children thrive emotionally, financially, and educationally, when they have the support of two parents that have their best interests, and of course who love them, the parents should provide that environment for their baby. Children typically fare best when parents maintain a strong bond. Uh, a researcher, Sarah McClanahan, from the Institute for Family, showed in her, her studies that children who grow up with the support of both parents are more likely to go to college, less likely to be incarcerated, and are more likely to be financially stable. And this is regardless of marital status. So they don't have to be married. And even if they are not together really as a couple anymore, you said something very important. If they're looking out for the best interests of the child, then they sacrifice their own um, arguments and their own feelings and things and look out for what's in the best interest of the baby because in doing that they're projecting forward they want that child to um, graduate from high school be a successful student go on to college be independent and make them proud so if you want that child to make you proud in the long term then do what's in the best interest of the child in the short term. Forgo those arguments. Right, that's right, absolutely. Okay, and I'm sure you have seen when you have parents that sometimes come in um, to visit and you have them coming in with the baby, I'm sure you've seen a lot of crazy stuff going on. And what are you thinking? Yeah, so this relationship is not gonna work and this is not gonna be good for this child. It's mental health. And you can tell right away mm -hmm. that child is going to be in trouble. Yes, absolutely. Versus the parents that you see come in, two very concerned, compassionate parents looking out for the best interests of the baby. And then you can sometimes later see, because you see those children when they come in as infants. Yes. And later come when they're 21 years of age. That's right. 
So can you see firsthand the effects then? Have you seen those examples of the parents that sacrifice so much for the good of the child? Tell us about that. Yes, I've seen parents and sometimes people obviously you're talking to people so they are not going to agree on everything but there's a way to disagree but as also be supportive of each other and so for example a parent may say oh I want my child to have you know to have a cell phone because I think it's safe for safety reasons you know if they need to contact me the other parents say oh well I don't think it's necessary at this time maybe later on and but you know I'm willing to compromise and maybe we can uh, still have the child get the phone but we're gonna have X control over it X amount of control over it um, so you know they can I've seen that happen where they will compromise and this is in front of the child um, versus the parent that starts to call the other parent and they well you know he did X mm. Y and Z and she is X Y and Z in front of the child Wow. And so, wow. yes, I've seen that. And it just, and the child is very upset about it. Yeah. And it's, it's very obvious. And you can't say much, you can't, you can't put yourself in a situation that you don't belong, um, but you sort of know what it looks like down the road for that child. But you said an important word. You said when you can see when they compromise, when the parents compromise with each other for the better interest of their child. Yes. So compromise is important, working together for yes. the best interests of your child. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel that uh, really establishing that early on and, and talking about that, even before the baby is born, is the child and the family becomes the most important thing. There you go. And you do have to your pride sometimes mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, to make everything mm -hmm. work yes that's a good point sometimes you gotta swallow your pride and say look i'm going to do what's in the best interest of my child right and that's the bottom line if we can't get anything else across do what's in the best interest of the child and you'll be okay does that make sense yes absolutely okay what would be your next one so the next area I think that is important is the mother's mental health mm. during pregnancy. Uh, a report from NPR that came out in December of uh, 2017 showed that black babies in the U.S. die at just over two times the rate of white babies in their first year of life. Um, so that's one area that I think is important. I think that uh, re other studies have shown that the stress uh, cause from negative effects on black women, which is chronic stress. As a result, uh, women uh, produce more cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And cortisol is a stress hormone. We all produce cortisol and it's a protective hormone it's used you know to make us aware when we're stressed and to keep us alert cortisol is, can rise of course and should rise during times of stress but also hopefully come down um, after the stress is over if you're always operating from the level of high stress wow. and the cortisone levels never decrease 
that starts to do things like increase your blood pressure um, and change some of the chemicals in your body to constantly produce this cortisol all over and over again. And then you're talking about lifetime issues of hypertension in particular, and then which can also lead to strokes. So um, really controlling our cortisol levels and keeping our mind less stressed is very important for the outcome of our pregnancies. Um, we definitely know that uh, having these high levels during pregnancy put women at risk for conditions like preeclampsia, of course, as I said, high blood pressure, strokes wow. during pregnancy, and that can lead to these poor fetal outcomes and, for, and poor maternal outcomes as well. That's, that's frightening to know that our babies die at twice the rate of white babies, and a lot of it can be contributed to stress. Whatever stress the mother experiences, the baby experiences also. Yes, yes. And when you think about it, Black women are subjected to a lot of stress. I mean, if we even go back to the beginning where you said about obesity, being overweight, being overweight puts stress on us, okay? Then with relationships, the stress of the relationships that we are frequently in. Um, then you add to it poverty, right. okay? Right. Not having enough money and therefore not having money to eat right. Yes. Okay. And then we add to that um, crime in their neighborhood, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. um, afraid going out at night or even in the day right now, okay? Crime, you know, if you're living in a high poverty area, high crime area, that adds more stress oh, to mm -hmm. you. And then if you have more than one child and you're going through poverty and everything, that's added stress. So black women have enormous stress on them all the time, it seems. Yes. And then if you're raising a child by yourself, oh right. my gosh, the stress level. So it's so important for people to think about things like this before you get pregnant. Yes. Okay, yes. before you bring a child into this world, make certain you're ready to address things like your weight, your nutrition, your eating habits. Um, make certain that you are involving yourself in a healthy relationship. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And doing those things can help lower the stress level. And you know, something else occurs to me when I think about stress for Black women, Joda. Support groups. Yes. That's a good one. Do we have, so you know, if you don't have a strong family support group and you don't have a strong relationship with the father, mm -hmm. wow, um, now we can see why our babies die at a higher rate and why our mothers die or have strokes and things of that nature when they're pregnant. There's so much to be taken into account. So what else would you like to say that you want them to know? What point would you like to make very clear that is so important that can help save the life of the baby, but also help bring about healthier, happier babies? What would you like to say? 
So I, in summary, I would like to say that I think it's important for moms to physically be ready for this baby, mentally be ready mm. for this baby. And I think if we're in that mindset, I think then we can have healthier babies. The key thing is you need to be ready. Right. Those right. are the key words. Be ready. And that makes a big difference. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today on Let Us Not Forget. And we look forward to when you come back and talk to parents about these. These are some things that you need to know and do when it comes to toddlers. Okay. Right. And even first graders and second graders, because we want all of our babies, our children to have a healthy start. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Brenda. I look forward to that. Thank you, Jelda. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us on Let Us Not Forget. In summary, let us not forget the three important tips Jilda has shared with us today. One, do what's in the best interest of the baby with a good, healthy diet that includes good nutrition and maintaining a healthy weight. Number two, a good relationship between both parents, which frequently involves compromise. And number three, managing stress, or as it's referred to as stress management. This is important as much as humanly possible. Even if it means seeking support from family, friends, a support group, a counselor, but get help. Plan ahead and be ready. And please remember to subscribe to Let Us Not Forget so you can catch all future episodes in the future. Thank you again for listening. I am your host, Brenda Simons, signing off.